Hi, and welcome to Big Sound Small Town. I'm your host, Sandy Carlton, and this is a podcast about the lives and stories of the musicians, writers, artists, and their associates that have their roots in the small towns and communities across America. If you like what you hear, tell somebody. Enjoy. Hicks Coon. I'm a guitarist. Um, I grew up in Spindale, North Carolina, from uh, in Rutherford County. Uh, currently live in the Spartanburg, South Carolina area. And uh, pleasure to be here today with you, Sandy. Thank you for the invitation. Well, Hicks, you're welcome, man. I'm glad to have you here. I actually, finally get to talk to you in person after seeing you play a good many times. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that um, pleasure's mine. Uh, first thing that drew me to your playing was your tones. Um, well, thank you. Uh, I mean that in the kindest of ways. That's not a. That's not a reflect. I, I, I am not implying at all that you cannot play. You're a fabulous player. Well, thank you. But yeah. your tone is um, it's um exceptional you know yes sir thank you for that that's to me that is a a huge compliment because um i have all my life that i've been playing uh been more focused on tone because i always felt like my playing was substandard and and if i had a uh, the best tone that I could have that that would compensate the difference, you know, kind of to kind of offset things. But uh, but thank you for the compliment. I really appreciate that. You know, you can uh, you can find players all day long, players with good tone. Or uh, it's pretty rare. I don't know if they just spend their time learning to shred or or you know learning 
just learning to play so much that that tone is a second thought. Yeah. But it, you know, if you um, anyone that l- thinks back and listens to probably uh, the music they like best, tone is a big part of the reason they like it. Oh, absolutely. You know, I agree. And it's and tone. The people that have understood it uh, in the world, whether it's whether it is players or even producers, you know, they realize the magic of tone. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and it, and it's a craft in its own. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have to you have to pay attention and, um, and work. It's yeah, I've kind of have to cultivate that, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, to me. Uh, if you have a good tone in your rig and you have a good playing facility in your hands, uh, it, it the tone and the feel, it creates a feel in the instrument that allows you to play uh, dynamically and with some with some uh, emotion. Sure. And uh, to me, that's what makes music is dynamics. It, it, oh, dynamics it, is. And being able to. Uh, sure. To uh, provide that in a song. That's what, that's what moves you. It is. Yeah. So growing up in Spindale, um, was it hard to get involved in music? I mean, it's not the largest place in the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's not a large place. It's a small town. Uh, Main Street, the buildings are on one side of the railroad <laughs> yeah, track. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but they have a great uh, pizza place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, you know, for me, it, it wasn't a. It wasn't a. Um, I didn't have to think about it. I suppose you know. Do you remember uh, first getting involved in music? I do. Uh, well, my mom told me that. I think I was about three or four years old. My grandmother bought me a little plastic toy sure. guitar yeah. for Christmas. She said I wore a blister on my thumb the first day oh. carrying that thing around, plunking on it. Plunking you know? on it. But uh, my my earliest remembrances of anything that really tripped my trigger yeah. was my grand my grandfather. I called him my granddad, uh, my granddaddy Hudson. He's my on my mom's side. He was uh, one of these guys, what you call a horse trader. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. He traded guns and knives and coins and automobiles and every, anything and everything. Those guys were fun guys, too, yeah. before I forget and, it. Uh, and uh, he would go to, like, once a month, first Monday of the month, whatever it was, you know. He called it the Boneyard. And uh, he acquired a, an acoustic guitar. And I was probably about five years old, and I was over at his house and he had this guitar in a case laying on the bed, on top of the bed in the, in the back bedroom. And uh, I was back there looking at this old machine. He had always, it, it fascinated me. What they called back then, they called it a reducing machine. You remember oh, yeah. that? Yeah, had I had a belt yeah. on it, you'd, yeah. and it would shake you to death, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I would be back there just looking at that thing because I was just fascinated by the way it looked. And I seen that guitar laying on the bed. And I said, what is that? And he said, well, that's a guitar. And he opened the the lid on the case. I don't know what make or model it was. It was an acoustic guitar. It had a blonde top on it. And it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in my life. At that point, I bet it was. And I wanted to put my hands on it. And he 
He said, no, you can't mess with that. It's expensive. That's pretty expensive. So he closed the lid on it, and we went back out through the house. Well, about 10 minutes later, I found myself back in back that in room there. in there, <laughs> and I had the lid up on that case, and I was my hands on the strings. Right. He heard me, and he come and got me and, you know, took me away. But but I never have never forgot that. And I, if I had to guess right now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speculate it was some type of a Gibson or a Martin, probably, uh, back then. So I mean, I was like five or six years old. So that's like in the early '60s. Yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, so that's that my first spark. recollection. That's the spark right there. Yeah, and uh, I just loved guitar ever since then. So uh, uh, when I was about six or seven, mom they got me an electric guitar. For, yeah, for Christmas and started me into some music lessons right. uh, oh which is key i think too yeah. it, it speeds up the process of trying to figure it out on your own yeah yeah i mean i, I always try to encourage people you know uh, get get your children lessons you know yeah. they'll know when the when the lessons aren't working anymore you know yeah. get them a foundation yeah yeah uh, you know so i believe that too absolutely good foundation yeah and then and then you get that foundation, you can take it where you want to go. I mean, it comes down to, I mean, my take is playing a musical instrument's a, a craft more than it is, a, you know, I mean, you can learn to do it. It's just, uh, yeah, you have to put the time in. There's a system, you know, and, uh, you know, you learn it and you work hard at it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. People think it's just this wonderful gift that people wake up with, but basically it comes down to hard work within there the system. Are, there are a there few are. people that come along yeah. in the world that are yeah. just naturally, you know. Sure. But I agree with you, Sandy, uh, for the most part, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. You are. You are. And and I tell people that a lot of times you don't have to play out professionally to learn to play enough for your own personal enjoyment, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, some people don't like to, but but the deal is you can you can learn to play it at whatever level you want to for the most part. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, will it turn you into pick any great musician on any instrument? Probably not, because they're gifted with something that that most people aren't. But you can achieve a pretty high level if you if you're willing to work, yeah, and and you like it, yeah, because liking or loving it's ninety percent of it. I tell you something I've come to realize over the last few years, and it used to hold me back in my early days. I never felt like I was good enough, yeah, yet, yeah, yeah. and I and I put it off. I put off trying to kind of go for it, go right. for being really in the music scene, and so I just concentrate on working my job and everything. And I've come to realize uh, over the years, you don't have to be the best. Oh, you don't. You don't have to be the. the, the you don't have to be the best. At, Thank you at for this. bringing that up. That Just get involved and do it for the love of doing. Sure. It. You don't have to be the best. You don't. If you're reliable and dependable, and you right. want to do it for the love of it, I agree. And the camaraderie of the guys, sure. then do it. You know, you don't have to be the best because the more you do it, the better you'll get. It is. And you brought this up earlier when we were talking. Is always better to play with people that are better than you, or farther along than you are, because you can learn so Absolutely. much. Absolutely, 
you know? Absolutely. I mean, for the most part, I've probably been the worst <coughs> player in every band I've ever been in. But you know what? I learned a lot. You know? <laughs> That's me. I always felt like I was the weak link. But, uh, but yeah, uh, it, it has a way of coming around. You know, it, it does. And, and well, we talked about this, too, a little bit is, uh, you know, I'm not sure children are getting uh, much music education through the schools these days at all. Yeah. I yeah, mean, and I think that's sad. I really do. Because, it, it is. Uh, to me, music is just as important as sports. It is. I agree totally. Uh, it's just as important as sports because it promotes discipline it as does. well as sports do. Yep. Because you have to discipline yourself in order to, for the love of wanting to do it. You do. You know, and to you, a great degree. And you keep progressing, playing harder things. I mean, you learn something, you know, it's, it's a progression. You keep. Absolutely. You keep learning, keep working. Absolutely. And it, and there's as much teamwork in playing music as there is sports, really. Absolutely. I mean, you look at marching bands, for example, which they don't have many of anymore. Yeah. You know, well, that's, I mean, it's a band, really. Yeah. Or it's a team, like a football team even. It's a team. Yeah, absolutely. So Everybody's got their particular job. You kind of drive in your lane, and this fellow yeah. drives in his lane, yeah. you know, and and yeah. you learn to you learn to go together and and so so i mean i guess people always love and love music enough to keep it going but i i do see also the electronic age has made um learning the craft of music uh a little easier or or a little <laughs> not well, I, I understand. I understand <laughs> where you're, where, what you're saying, because uh, I guess I, I feel the same way you do, and I suppose because I didn't have technology to rely on back True. in the early days. Drop the needle. Oh my God! How many records have I worn out? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, take the balance and turn it to one side. Slow the speed down. Turn the bass off and the treble up on the stereo there so you can try to isolate that one yeah. part you're going for. You oh, know, yeah. To and try to hear that one part that sure. you're trying to work out. Now I can go to YouTube and pull up an isolated track of, of uh, you know, John Paul Jones's bass track on yeah. something, you know. Yeah. I mean, but you know what, though? There's a lot on YouTube uh, instructional stuff that's not correct. Oh, that's true. And I think. It had I not had the background in what we were just talking about, I wouldn't be able to spot the difference. It, I wouldn't be able to say it, it trains your ear. I mean that that's yeah, that's it, what it does. It really trains your ear. That's like um, I'm a fiddle player, but one of the things about when you're learning to play violin or fiddle is there's uh, something called a Suzuki method, which is basically you do it through hearing it as much as you do reading it. Yeah. Then that way, you know, it's it's you learn through having to recognize the tone as opposed to, I mean, it's like, we'll take guitar. You know, you can play something in so many different places, the same run yeah, in so many different places. So you got a record here and you're trying to figure out, well, I figured out what he did it, but is this where he did it? Is this where they did it? You know, or did they do it higher up the deck or the lower? Tone on that note don't sound just exactly. Right. Maybe it's maybe it's up here on yeah. the lower strings, or maybe it's on the high string. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And if you get and if you <clears throat> pull up a YouTube video and can see that, you learn it. I mean, you do learn it, but 
you didn't discover it so much as, as, as you know, you just, uh, someone showed you how to do it. Yeah, so, that's true. Which, I, I mean, I guess it works well both ways. Um, it's good to have that ear training. In the it is. It's ear very training. beneficial. It is. I mean, <laughs> it really is. Uh, uh, a lot of people miss that these days. But so, so okay, we'll get back on course to uh, – so you got you got electric guitar and you started taking some lessons. Yes, sir. I started taking. Uh, they got me hooked up with this man up in Rutherford at a little store called Carpenter's Music. It was off a little side street there, and uh, my my guitar teacher's name was Mr. Lee Redner. He lived up in Green Hill, yeah. which is a, a sure. community of Rutherford up mm -hmm. there, and uh, he was a jazz player. Oh, and, that's uh, great, though. He uh, he could play jazz fluently, but I took guitar guitar with him for uh, I think about two years. That's good. And uh, during that time, I started into my first band. Oh, really? Yeah, this was like in probably 1965. First band called the Blue Souls. Oh, okay. I was a rhythm guitar player. And what and what what did y'all play? Uh, well. Uh, Whatever rock stuff, right, rock was, stuff was on on the radio at that time. I remember like a song called Gloria by them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, them was actually Van Morrison yes, was. was in that band sure. in that group then. Gloria and you know Purple Haze, yeah, Jimi yeah. Hendrix yeah. had just busted in the scene and yeah. And so Purple Haze and uh, oh geez, I can't. I don't remember. Do, do you even remember who you played with at that time? Um, yeah. I had uh, Philip Kirby on keyboard. Uh, Larry Thompson played guitar. Uh, he done uh, uh, vocal and Cur uh, Philip Kirby played keyboard and vocal, and uh, and then Larry Thompson played uh, rhythm lead guitar and vocal. And I, they had me on just rhythm, and Danny Flynn played drums, and. Uh, yeah, played in that little thing for I don't know two three years. That's we, pretty good. Then. We would do little sock hops and yeah. little things for you know on the sure. weekends for school. Yeah, you know. yeah. I little, can remember the girls coming up to me through the week at school. When are you? When oh, are y'all playing again? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's a part of it, you know. I mean, I mean that is one oh, of the reasons people play music too, you know. And, uh, oh, it's one of the yeah. benefits or 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 like yeah. There's a degree of popularity that comes with being a musician. And I was talking, I was Facebook chat chatting with a friend of mine that, that I went to school with from first grade all the way through school from a uh, uh, local there. His name's Spencer McCraw, and he's a drummer now. And uh, uh, he reminded me of a time in, I think, fifth grade or sixth grade that I brought my guitar to school and played a couple of songs in the classroom. Oh, really? Because it, you know, it, it was kind of known that I played in a band. Yeah. And uh, and he told me, he said, I can even remember what you played. He said, I had played a, one of those Jimi Hendrix tunes. Right. And he said, uh, he told me, he said, man, I thought that was just the coolest thing. And uh, that, you know, for him to remember something, like, I didn't even remember that until well, he brought it up. But you know, that, I mean, that's that kind of funny. That is one of the things about music, you know. I mean, you do do stuff that people remember. Uh, yeah, it has an, an impact on people. And Spencer, 
uh, went on to become a drummer. Oh. So he plays music. He lives in Myrtle Beach now, and oh. he plays locally around there all really? the time. And, yeah, that's good. You know, so, uh, yeah, that's it's, it's cool stuff. It is cool stuff. <laughs> and it's good that you remember uh, your first bands, you know. I, I, yeah, call it the Blue Souls. That's cool. I mean, that's and our, our parents, uh, uh, Philip Kirby's mom was a seamstress and a beautician and stuff, and they, her and my mom went to the local fabric stores and 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 picked out some material. And they made us these shirts oh, yeah. with the little what they call the Nehru collar oh, yeah, back then, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and it was kind of like a blue silk looking material. We'd wear those shirts, you know, because bands back in that oh, time they, they all had these little matching yeah they did stuff, you know. Yeah, they and, did. Uh, so our shirts were blue and fancy looking, and we were called the Blue Soul. That's actually pretty cool, though. I mean, you know, I mean, it's the whole stage presence thing, you know. Uh, it was fun. It was fun times. And then I got uh, after after doing that a couple of years, I I, I became very um, disillusioned, I guess, for lack of a better word, with myself. <clears throat> Because I didn't have the ability then, and and you know, when I was only like eight and ten years yeah. old at that time, yeah. But I didn't, I didn't have the ability to sit down and learn these songs right. on my own. I'd have right. to come in, and they would show me the sure my my rhythm parts. And right. They would show it to me, and I could take and play it. Right. But I, but I didn't have the ability to sit down and work it out on my own. Right. And so I got frustrated with yeah, myself, I and I just that. quit. Yeah. I put it down, and I quit for several years. Eight or nine years. What brought you back? What brought me back was one of the same guys that I played in that first band with, Philip Kirby. He was in a band called Click. Oh, my God, this was a good rock and roll band. By this time, I was already 19. Had a guitar player named Billy Beheeler from up in Forest City area, and he was the stuff. He was real good. And then Philip was their singer. Uh, Eddie Bailey played bass, and Jackie Potter was on drums. Yeah, Jackie. Jackie. Yeah, Jackie's a fantastic drummer. And you know we were all young, and uh, so, but they, man, they had a good. And I would go down to uh, their where they rehearsed at, and sit and listen to them. And I would sit there and watch Billy play that guitar. He was uh, really the first person that I actually knew personally that could play like a professional right, player, right. you know. Yeah. And he had the Stratocaster and the Marshall hat oh, stack. Yeah. He had the sound, and and he could play that thing. Yeah. And I was just totally enamored. And so that put the inspiration back into me to start. And when I started back, it was like starting all over from scratch. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I had forgotten everything that I had learned as a youngster. Yeah. And I lost out on several years there, but from that point on, I've been going ever since. That's great. Yeah, I mean that's that's really good. Yeah, ever since. So at some point, did you decide to get back in a band? Somebody asked you to get back in a band? Yeah, after uh, um, several years, well, I, you know, I worked jobs right. and local jobs and stuff like that, and uh, uh, I was early on from that point on there I was relearning again you know right. so I kind of had to re I kind of had to reteach myself and everything yeah. 
and I come back, I come from scratch back up on my own. And I would just, I'd go to concerts or I'd go where people were playing and whatnot, just to kind of visualize and watch them and learn and retain See what, they what were I doing. Could sure. and, and just keep playing every day to in, increase my playing facility. And and uh, during that time, I played primarily just acoustic guitar because I could throw that in the back of the car. Right. Yeah. You know, we'd hit the dirt roads and sure. drink a beer and play yeah. some old. Yeah. songs yeah that's fun I mean, Man, that's still I've done fun. that for many years had a lot of old songs worked up yeah know, acoustic stuff that um i didn't have to have you don't have to have a band no yeah you can I, just you can play the songs and strum along sure and sing and you can you can play yeah. songs i mean i've kind of i kind of halfway made a living doing that at times yeah. in my life you and, know uh, yeah so done that old stuff there for a long time then i kind of grab started gravitating toward electric guitar and so just learning as you go and uh uh i really got back into my first band i guess in about 1990 or 91. um got a phone call from a fellow named arlen beaver one day and he's like uh i was talking to tony clements down at hames music and he uh we're looking for a guitar player and uh he mentioned your name and so uh, we talked and got together and started. I started in with that band, so that got me back in band stuff again. Right. You know. Yeah, I know Tony. Yeah, Tony's a fine drummer. Yeah, yes, sir. Nice guy too. Uh, so I done that thing there with those guys. It was a band called Stiletto up there around Far City. We we're doing some, uh, you know, rock stuff. Right. Uh, 80s, 80s, 90s, 70s, 80s, early. Well, this was early 90s, so it wasn't much 90s stuff out by then, but. 70s and 80s rock right. stuff, you know, the three piece. Yeah, I've done that for about five years, and uh, and uh, probably in a couple years after into that, I moved to South Carolina, and uh, that's where my work was. Right, I moved down there, be closer to work. I started learning other musicians and stuff. Yeah, it's that that Spartanburg area loaded with good musicians. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then I got kind of got into doing sound for about three years. I wanted to learn. Yeah. So I just I just kind of when I, when the band thing kind of fizzled out, right. I took a couple of years, maybe three years, and I just done sound. Yeah. Well. Uh, so I could learn how to how to set everything up, how everything works. On, so a mix, that's, on a mixing board, how gain structure works right. and how it affects EQ and and how to use effects and reverbs and delays and right. whatnot, you know. And that's the start of your tone quest right there, wasn't it? Probably so. You know, so. I mean, you're learning to shape sounds, I guess. Yeah, you know, I guess I guess so in thinking about it that way uh, because uh, uh, everything, if I was mixing for a band, like my brother played drums for a uh, uh, snake handlers yeah their very first iteration of snake handlers right so i was their sound man for a couple of years yeah and uh so every when a band would play if it was a a, a, a tune that i was familiar with i try to make it sound. mix it to where it sound like what you hear when you're listening to the radio or when you're listening right. to a cd or whatever right. try to make it sound the tones and stuff sound like what you're accustomed to hearing you know to make it sound properly that carried over to guitar right uh i try to i try to dial in my guitar tones to match for, what yeah yeah to match to match what 
what you hear on record. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, it's the tone you want, really. Yeah. You know, uh, rather rather than seeing that's. I think that's something that's missed sometimes. Instead of learning the notes again, you you were dialing yours in to have that sound. Yeah. Which is. And I'll, you know, I didn't. I, I didn't really think about it till you. You just. You just. I mean, I think that's just what pointed I, that out. You yeah. Know? I mean, I think that's. I, Dawned on me right there. The beginning I, of that quest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's shaping of tones. So. Uh, plus, uh, I have this thing. So I guess you are. Uh, I, I, I have this thing that uh, I believe sound men get into heaven for free <laughs> <laughs> for all the abuse they take over the years. Man, I'll tell you, they're the first ones there and the last ones to they, leave. They and are. They don't get enough credit. And if something goes wrong... It doesn't matter who's who's going to get the blame. It's the sound man's fault. Yeah. And uh, okay, so it started out with perfect, perfect sound. We sounded really good. You can hear everything. But I'm moving my, I, I, you know, I've been playing a little bit. And I'm not loud enough, so I'm going up. You know, on my <laughs> guitar. You know, I mean, you know. And now, now we can't hear anything. But it's the sound man's fault. You know, not mine. You know. Yeah. So I have this thing. I have a theory that sound men and people who or spouses of musicians all get in heaven for free. Oh my Don't God. matter what you do. <laughs> it's it's rough on a spouse. Oh, it's terrible. It's a hard life. I think it's pro- it's terrible. Yeah, take special people, mm. and, and and everybody wants to be with a musician until they have to be with one, you know. And it's like, oh, I don't know if I bargained for all of this or not. Yeah, you know? yeah. Did I sign up for this? Yeah, I, don't, I, I didn't realize this came, all this came with it. I thought we'd just go out and you'd play a couple couple shows here and there. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, that, I, so, so you are halfway in heaven anyway because you did spend time as a sound man. But, and, you know, I think, I think too, that's kind of a uh, – that's kind of a double whammy too, because uh, that inherent inherently carried over. Uh, when I go to the stage now to play, I'm more conscious about my levels right. and my, you know, what I've got going. I'm on sure for it me. does for you, yeah. I'm uh, sure. Uh, and I'm real, I'm real sticky about. It. I get get things set. Once I get a few songs in, I kind of, I'm kind of leveled in on right. the rig. I leave it. Yeah, I, that's what you're supposed. You know, t- technically, I, I, just, I work with it the rest of the night, and I don't. I'm not back there fiddling my amp, and you know. Technically, that is how it's supposed to work. Yeah. I mean, I mean, usually it don't, but that's how. A lot it's of supposed times to. it don't, but but yeah, it, uh, it helped me on it helped me on that part too. So also, you know, you play with people too, and I played with a ton of them. Who things are fine. But then they start consuming some alcohol, and next thing you know, it's, you know, I'm on 11. You know, it's like, yeah. So, I mean, people don't, people don't see that part of it. You know, they just see you up there playing, and, oh, man, your sound sucks. Well, there might be a reason for that, you know. I mean, might be one individual that's the problem with that. I, you know, I mean, it's people miss so much of the music business. So, yeah. so uh yeah, so it doesn't sound for a little bit, and then I kind of put put a little three-piece rock thing together again, and uh, it was me and Arlen Beaver again. We pulled in a drummer named Jamie Walker. We call that Mad Hatter Band. Yeah, I remember. For two or three years. Yeah, I remember that band. Um, and that was fun. And, uh, and then I got hooked up with... Uh, some guys out of Spartanburg called the 99 Cent Band. And uh, they'd been having some trouble with 
they they went through a couple of guitar players. You know, one was working multiple bands and right. and one thing or the other, and the other one had other things. And anyway, they got in a in a way of needing a player. And uh, I found these guys just by chance. I didn't know any of them right. before that. So uh, they I meet them, and you know, I go in and do a, a tryout with them. They're like, hey, yes, this works. You know. You, you want the gig? I said, sure. Because they were about midways in on a project of recording uh, all original material right. for a CD. Yeah. So I got to help them finish out, you know, uh, probably about three or four songs right. on that. We went to Asheville, up in Asheville area. I think it was called Whitewater yeah. Studios. Yeah, yeah. At that time, because it's been a few years back now. And uh, we went went up there and done that and uh, 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 finished that project up. And then we played. We just stayed. We stayed local. We, we would come up here to Shelby some. Right. Uh, but we stayed kind of local, Spartanburg, Greenville. I mean, you can work a lot Shelby. in that area. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of places to work Because there. we all had day jobs and stuff. Right. And we were just weekend warriors, yeah. you know. But we had a pretty good little band. It was working out good. And our, our singer was just wonderful. His name was Tim Everett bless his heart uh he's passed on now he was uh, we become like brothers that's great good. friendship that's and, great uh, uh man he was one of them cats just opened his mouth and that voice come yeah out. it sounded like heaven that's a gift that he, is a gift <laughs> he didn't he didn't have to strain or nothing it was anything it was just it was just beautiful you right know? he had a one he was a beautiful voice I remember when I first met him, I, uh, we, we got through rehearsal, and I, I said, man, that comes out of you? Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> you know there's people like that. Uh, uh, but uh, that was a good band. That was really fun. We had had a lot of fun with that group, good good group of guys. And uh, that thing kind of run its course, yeah. you know, after about five or six years. Sure, it's a band. And then... I got hooked up with a, a group, a local group called Bandana. Yep. You I remember them? I do. I know several of the people and that were in there. Eddie. Uh, Eddie Cook. Here. Eddie yeah. had been playing with them. Well, Eddie was having some health problems. Right. He was getting to where he couldn't do it right. anymore. And so they were needing uh, to fill the void. Right. And they tried a couple of other people, you know. They invited me to come play a gig with them. And, yeah. Uh, I said, okay, and uh, I was nervous because I'm thinking, well, I've heard them so many times over the years, there's no telling what they're going to pull out material-wise because yeah. they, you know, they've been together so long and they're oh. a gazillion songs. Sure they do. Or so anyway, did. I said, heck, I'll go for it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so uh, we I went over here. I think I played a gig with them. It was over here in Shelby, uh little place i think it's called louis oh yeah 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 one of our done a gig with them and it was fun at the end of the night keith allen the yeah. singer and chris his brother yeah. they come to me he said you want the gig the first night yeah i was like really he said yeah you you fit us that's i mean you that's know. a good man that was you, a you good fit man. us they said, your sound your tone you, you just your personality everything you you fit us you know, would you want? Would you? Yeah. Want Heck yeah, man. Yeah. 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 Because I've I've loved you guys' band. For That's a while. been one of the better bands that 
come out of this and, town. Uh, so I, I stayed with them, with, with them for about five or six years, and uh, you know, till the end, it just kind yeah. of fizzled out. Yeah. Finally, as they had that thing for probably 25 years. Yeah. Know. Oh yeah. But yeah. Uh, I think they played with their dad before that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I remember them playing with their dad. Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, that was uh, Chris on guitar, Chris Allen, and Keith Allen. Bless his heart. Rest in peace, right. brother. I I love him boys like brothers. And they had a brother Sean that played bass. Yeah. Well, Sean. While I was in there, I'd been in there about a year maybe, and Sean uh, decided he was going to take a break. Right. And uh, we got Art to come in. Yeah, that. I'm sorry. Bass with us. And Stevie Humphrey's on drums. Yeah, I know Stevie. That was a good band. Yeah. That was fun. So we've done that for a while, and then, uh, uh, then uh, Keith and Art and myself, we started. We started into another little group called Cowboy Cadillac, and I had Randy Fish on uh, yeah, other guitar right. and yeah. Richard Bird playing drums. Yeah, and uh, we just done a variety of stuff—a little bit of country, a little southern rock, yeah. a little just whatever, you know. And we've done that, for, that that run for about a year. It didn't last long. Um, everybody had some differences in opinions. Yeah, and it, you know, I could see it with that group a bit. And uh, but during that time, I have uh, some old buddies down in Spartanburg that we would get together on Wednesday nights, just yeah, just kind of sure play a together, bit. you yeah. know. Yeah. And so that was uh, Ted Dillard and Carrie Corbin and Robin Smith down there in Spartanburg, and uh, so we would all us four would get together. And so it started out as just a little get-together thing, just playing some old blues stuff and right. just hanging out in the shack, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I'm still involved in that thing today. Oh, that's great. So it, it's it's evolved to a band, and we still play some shows and stuff. It's called The Dire Wolves. And we have a Facebook page oh, that's called cool. Dire Wolves. And uh, so that was kind of a – it was kind of like – we had a band, but it wasn't a full-time right. band. You yeah, know, we were, right. we're all older guys by then, and we're right. just doing it for fun, and we'd play a gig every once in a yeah. while or something, you know. So uh, I had a good bit of time on my hands, and so uh, pick, uh, uh, I had a guy call me. I uh, uh, said, our guitar player's leaving, and we're looking for somebody, and we like to gig fairly regular, and... Uh, would you want to come try out with us and whatnot? And that's called a long run band. And so I went and tried out with them and got the gig. And uh, so I'm still with them today. <laughs> yeah. And then there's another band. So I'm working, I work three bands right now. Uh, another band that I help out occasionally called uh, Slick Monkey Band. <laughs> and uh, we got a female singer, Vonda Lauder, and and uh, then uh, Glenn Dupree's our drummer and, and uh, Jeff Downs is on bass. Um, you know, they've all got day jobs and stuff, and and uh, we we can't they can't work a whole lot, right. but they get some gigs come up. And Vonna's a really good singer, and she's a really nice looking woman, and she's really pretty, and she's energetic, and right. she sings. So we got a lot of a lot of female material sure. we can do in that band yeah. that people like, and so. Between those three, you know, uh, yeah, I, I get a, I get to cover a lot of. A lot of uh, different styles, I guess. A lot guess. of different styles, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. 
So you're pretty active still. Yeah, it it actually sounds like more than than what it is. I do understand yeah. that though. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, logistics can can throw a screw in the gears. Yeah, uh, it once can. In a while, yeah, you know? it can. Oh yeah, it can. It can. <laughs> but but not not too much. Not too much. But uh, it, but it's fun and it, it keeps me active. Yeah. Uh, if I wasn't doing that, I'd probably sit at the house on watch TV. I, I'm. I mean, it's by, it's good by nature. It, it's it's good to get to <laughs> to do that, you know. Yeah. I mean, obviously you're handling three at a time, so <laughs> you know. Uh, but but are you doing some stuff on your own with people too? I mean, I thought I saw like maybe you and Art and. Um, well, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're working on a little project there. I got set back with the with COVID so, a couple of months ago. So that puts you in four. <laughs> Yeah, I guess actually it does. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what spawned off this last one that we we called it sold out. S O U L apostrophe D mm -hmm. sold out. Um, one of Art's projects that he works with, Jeff Gates Band. Right. Art called me, and it's a year ago maybe. He's like, man, I got this gig over here, and with and Jeff is jeff couldn't couldn't do it for some reason he I got he sick. sick he's got sick there for a while yeah, i think i think he got i think he was sick then for something he couldn't do the gig and art's like i don't want to have to cancel it i know it's it's one of our better ones do you think you could do it with us it'd be me and you and scotty thomas and i'm like art well you know uh you don't do any vocals scott don't do any vocals right you right vocals gonna be on me so you guys are going to kind of have to follow what I do, I guess, if you want me to do it with yeah. you, you know. And he's like, okay, yeah, just send me, a, send me a list of what you got. So I've done that. So I went and played, and it went pretty good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I hadn't fronted a band in, and since the 90s. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to do. It's and, different. Uh, even though I play in these other situations, right. I'm not the front man yeah. and I'm not the lead singer. I right. do some backups right. and I'll sing a few songs yeah, a along songs. through the yeah. night. But it's different when you're front oh, the it's band. It's totally different. So here I am. I'm front the band with a rhythm and a lead guitar and, right. and all the vocals. Yeah. And uh, it was actually pretty fun. Yeah, and it, I, when we finished the night up, I told Art, I said, you know, I can still do this. Well, you know, those are those I can are still uh, do this. those are two good musicians that you were working with. That helps oh, a yeah, lot absolutely. too. I mean, they're absolutely. both really, really fine musicians. Yeah, I mean, Scotty Thomas, yeah, beast on. Yeah, the he's he is, and art 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 is a oh, yeah. fabulous yeah, musician. Absolutely, Art and I have a lot of history together with with doing stuff. Yeah. So that kind of spawned that thing off, you know, and uh, 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 I don't know, a couple months went by, two three months went by, and uh, something come up was a cancellation of something and art art called me up and he said hey man that same place over there said uh you think we can fill that gap i said absolutely that's great yeah so after that we've uh we went in and uh was starting to do some rehearsals we were going to really just tighten up on some punches and right. beginnings endings and yeah. stuff you know and just really get her good mm -hmm. get the dynamics good. down a little better yeah, yeah. And then and then go do it yeah. and then i I got sick with COVID and I was down for a few weeks with that. So, yeah. So, um, yes. It takes a little, little wind out of you and, oh, and I'm takes sure some out of your lungs. Well, I'm sure but, it does. Uh, I'm, I'm just about, I'm about ready to start back with that, that thing there. Well. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, 
but it's all fun, you know. Yeah, it's still fun. It's still fun. I, that's, After all these years. You know, it's supposed to be, I guess. If you're doing it right, it's supposed to be. <laughs> I mean, it's better than a lot of people I know that's walked, walked away angry from it. So, But, uh, you know, you don't make a lot of money doing it, so you got to you got to love it to do it. Well, anybody that – this is for anybody that's thinking about being a musician – if you're seeing dollar signs, go go do something else with your time. You know, yeah. you know. I've said this yeah. many times. We both know this. Musicians are the only people on the face of the earth that will put a couple thousand dollars in a musical instrument, uh, another couple in an amp, throw them all in the back of a beat up car, and drive two hundred miles to play for fifty dollars. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I mean, you know. $5,000 of equipment yeah. and a $500 car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, so, yeah, you, you have to do it for the love of it. I mean, so what else we need to know? Man, that's about, that's got me current, you know, up to, uh, from I guess, from five years old up to now. So. Well, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, it, uh, um, well, I appreciate you taking the time to come up here to do this. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate the invite and uh, – Getting to sit here and talk with you. Was it as bad as you thought it would be? <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, sir. <laughs>